from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have you here on the broadcast in a very, very special edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora happening on the morning after Syracuse defeated the reigning national champion Clemson Tigers. That is right. This is not a mistake. You are not dreaming. Some people thought, you know what, I must have fell asleep, maybe I had too much chocolate, too much wine, whatever that may be, maybe last night didn't happen. But, folks, it did. It indeed happened. It happened in amazing fashion for the Syracuse Orange football program that has been in dire need of a win like this for a very long time. Now, those of you that know what Syracuse did last season you know that they obviously took down a top 25 ranked team in the Virginia Tech Hokies and did that in the Dome as well, showing what the Loud House truly is made of and had success with that. And that was a signature win for Dino Babers in his first season as the head coach of the Syracuse Orange. Then this time around, it's the reigning national champion, top two team in the entire nation going up against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome and the reigning national champion, a team that knows what it's like to get to the national championship and win the national championship, is a team that was taken down by Syracuse. And it is my pleasure and my absolute honor to be with you this morning to discuss Syracuse football in this victory over the Clemson Tigers. We're going to break down what happened, what I took away from it, some of those big-time primetime players that I can mention to you, some mistakes and blunders that Clemson had going in that that obviously affected them, and also some of the other things that happened in this game that were surprising when it came to Clemson, as well as, you know, just overall with what Syracuse has done up to this point. But I will not do this alone. I have somebody on the broadcast with me on the live line that I am more than honored to have, and it's my co-host that I've had for a very long time, and that is... That is Rob Drummond. Rob Drummond on the line with me right now. Very happy to have Rob here. Rob and I have been talking with you about Syracuse football for as long as we've known each other. This is something that has been an open discussion for us when we're sitting having lunch, when we're talking on the phone. We just had a discussion a couple days ago before this game, and now we are here to have a live discussion about Syracuse right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on the morning after the team took down the Big Bad Wolf. Rob, how you doing this morning? Doing pretty good, you know? Now, now Rob, you, you're you very you're very mellow this morning. Were you screaming last night? Well, I was definitely screaming last night. You know, what, what, what a great signature win, you know, for, for not just uh, those young players, but the entire program. You know, this is, this is a 
this is definitely a game changer in recruiting. It's a game changer in confidence, and it's something you know. When, when, when you look look back on it, uh, the, the, the last time uh, Syracuse took down, you know, the eventual national champion, we actually went 11 and 0 that year. But you know, it's just things that started to turn around. You know. And and that's that's one of the things that you know I wanted to bring up is that back in in 1984, Syracuse took down Nebraska in the dome. They were the number one team in the nation. The last time that Syracuse, that, that's the only time Syracuse has take, taken down a top two ranked team at the time of play in the Carrier Dome. This is the second time in history that it's happened. So, you know, what can you say about that, Rob? I mean, you obviously came off of that. So in 1984, Syracuse takes down number one Nebraska in the Carrier Dome. A couple of years later, you're there with Syracuse and get to an undefeated season and take down the SEC and do a bunch of amazing things while you're there and, and, and have a record of 21 wins over two seasons. So 21 wins, two losses, one tie over the last two seasons that you were there. So when you look at, you look at what that Nebraska win did for your team and for the future, could you see that happening again? Could there be this ripple effect of defeating a top two ranked team and then two, three years later having a team that is so much better than people expect? You know, the, the one thing I saw in that game that, that reminded me so much of uh, the, the old league days when they played was that, you know, they they played they didn't play with a fear of losing. And, and by that I mean they sat there and played with a, with an intent of, of they were the better team on the field. It doesn't matter they were Clemson. You know, it doesn't matter they were, the, you know, the, the national championships, uh, championship team last year. Remember, in 87, we played a Penn State in the Cary Dome. Uh, they, were the, uh, they were the 1986 uh, national champions. And we played them in the carry dome, and the exact same thing happened. We blew them out, but you know it's that confidence of knowing you're a better team when you step onto the field. And Syracuse understands they can be good, but they have to believe it within themselves. You know, it, it, all you hear about is how they're you know the middle of the pack to below the pack in the ACC, and you know Clemson's dominant, Florida State's mm-hmm. dominant, Duke Woodenier's dominant, NC State. You know what? At some point in time, the psychological game of football has to take over, and I think it's a huge step for these young men getting a psychological advantage now to believe that they can compete and play with any. Dino Babers, I want to I want to discuss you know the Dino Babers factor a little bit. He came into Syracuse last season, and they faced off a top twenty-five Virginia Tech Hokies team in the Carrier Dome, and Syracuse took them down. And that was obviously a, a very proud moment and a big moment and a, a signature win for Dino Babers in his first season. He backs that up by defeating a top two ranked team in the national reigning champion Clemson Tigers this time around. So what can you say about the Dino Babers factor and how his energy might be translating onto the field? I mean, I'd always liked him as a person and you know, as, a, as, a, as a coach for what he meant to those kids. You know, it's, it's just a, he was like a lot like Scott Schaefer. He cared, it seems he cared enough about them more as, as student athletes than he did as just athletes. You know, and you got to respect a coach like that. You know, those kids are buying into his program. They're buying into his philosophy. I told you before, I thought the Tampa 2 defense was one of the worst defenses that you could possibly play for, you know, for, for, for college kids. But those kids, you know, it proved me wrong and proved the fact that if you go out there and you play with heart and you play with desire, you can accomplish anything. I mean, it was amazing to watch them flying around and just having fun right there and 
just the, the fans that to, to support the team. I mean, I don't think fans understand how much they mean to us when they're actually at a game, you know, and how much we can hear them and how much the cheering, you know, gives us energy when we're absolutely exhausted. Now, it was great to see that in Syracuse last night, and hopefully they have to do now is build on that. You can't just rest on your laurels. You can't just go out there and, you know, the year before we beat Penn State, we blew them up. But the next week, we could have taken, the, taken the, week, uh, the week off, you know, and got complacent with ourselves, but we didn't. You know, at some point, you got to keep your foot on that gas pedal and keep driving through. Speaking here with Robert Drummond, Syracuse Orange football alum and part of the 1987 undefeated team. Great friend of mine, phenomenal person. Him and I bring you live pre-gaming for Syracuse football. And our next one is going to be on October 28th, which is actually their bye week. But we do the pre-games for the home games. And we're adding a bonus show right in the middle there. So for those of you that are really upset that you can't get another Syracuse home game until November 11th, that is not going to be the case when it comes to a home live pregame show. October 28th, we'll be doing one for the fans. Then November 11th against Wake Forest and November 25th against Boston College. Five minutes from the, from the Dome at 117 East Fayette Street at Lee's in Staggerwald, downtown Syracuse. And I want to thank the downtown Syracuse committee for all their support of our live pregame show and everything that we do at Lee's in Staggerwald. Rob, you and I have had so many conversations, and I bring up our pregame show because we're always sitting and discussing and, and, and seeing where the team is at and looking at different things. What surprised you about Syracuse yesterday? Oof. I mean, having every reason to doubt themselves, these young men came out there and played with where I thought was at the time. Um, the, one of the most talented teams in the country, and they played tooth and nail with them. You know, I, I said, uh, uh, I got another, I was at the airport the, the day uh, Clemson came in, I actually sat there and watched the players walk off. My first thought was, these are grown men, <laughs> you know, but the, the funny thing is that later on that day, I said, that, I said to my same self in 87, when we played, when we played uh, Auburn in the Sugar Bowl, and I was down in Auburn, and I was walking in Bourbon, excuse me, down to Louisiana, walking on Bourbon Street, and I see these players, and I'm like, wow, the Saints are huge, and the guy turns around, and he'd be like, we don't play for the Saints, we're Auburn Tigers, and my first thought was like, wow, our athletes don't look like that. These were, you know, but 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 at the end of the day, when we stepped onto that field, we hit them like a hammer and kept hitting them and kept hitting them and kept hitting them. And the SEC champions, we defeated physically. That's what Syracuse did did, did, uh, did yesterday. The ACC national champions of last year, they beat them physically up and down the field. And that's what you have to do to get back to where we were during, during our glory days. Punch them in the mouth, which we always say, you know, is it lead the rest of them. You might lose, you know, you might lose the battle, but you'll win the war. But half the times you win most of the most of the battles also. So that's what Syracuse did, and I'm proud. Um, Rob, we're, we're you know to, to go back to this and, and to look at you know how this game kind of broke down from start to finish. Before we get you know deep into Syracuse, I want to go back to the Boston College game because uh, Boston College faced Clemson in Death Valley this this year, and when they faced Clemson in Death Valley, it was a, it was an interesting game to me because of what Boston College was able to do. Now ultimately Clemson won the game thirty four to seven, but that you know that was really the tell of the fourth quarter. This game was seven to seven going into the third quarter. It was fourteen to I mean it was this this game was, was very, very, very tight. I mean it was fourteen to seven when there was, you know, under twelve minutes to play in the game. So Clemson poured it on at the back end but I thought that Boston College did a really good job of playing three quarters to expose some things about Clemson. And I'm, I want to word this the right way because obviously Syracuse watched the film, but I felt like almost Syracuse watching Boston College facing Clemson 
and making it 7-7 through three quarters of play, that, that that was a tape you really wanted to key in on to see what BC was doing right. I mean, it's just, it's just a game, but you're right. Clemson's pulled away at the end, but even in the Syracuse game, though, it's just Clemson, I mean, they were, they were let's just say they were shook. It's <laughs> the best term I could lose. They did, they did not expect the Syracuse team to come out and play with them two for now and just play with them athlete for athlete. That's one thing I saw going on last night. Our athletes matched up against their athletes the entire night. And I think when you're, when you're a dominant player, but then, yet you have another player comes in there who thinks lesser than you and he matches you, now, now all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait a minute, that's not the game plan, you know? And then by the time the game, they realized what the game plan was, at, it was in it, what it was in their head, the game was over. You know, so you, you have to go out there and match, you know, you know, match intensity, you know, match athlete for athlete, you know, just match desire to be able to go out there and prove that you are, you know, who you are. You're a Division One college athlete. Go out there and play like it and act like it, you know? And to be a Division One college athlete and to do what they have done and, and, and to have the – success that they have had uh, you know when we speak on Clemson I mean you said when they were coming in to the airport I mean these are big kids these are these are NFL ready players you know there there's there's amazing athletes that have come through Clemson the Sammy Watkins and the Deshaun Watsons of the world and and you know you look at Dorian O'Daniel mm-hmm. that's on the team now who has two interception returns for touchdowns uh, one in one game and, and one in another, and he's the only one to do that this season through the first six games. But, you know, Clemson came in here, as much as they're D1 athletes and ready and they're big and they're burly and and, and obviously going to be playing on Sundays, Clemson had a lot of mistakes going into this into this game. And, and, and one of the signature ones I keyed in on in my scouting report was that this is a team who has fumbled the ball. They fumbled the ball five times in six games, they had lost three of those fumbles. They weren't getting interceptions in every single game. And they had a game where they had 11 sacks against Auburn and 14 total tackles for a loss. But in all those other games, they were relatively quiet. So, you know, that, that, that attack defense that's going to sack your quarterback, you know, 10 times, 11 times, 15 times, 9 times, that's not happening, happening consistently. And this is a team who's, who's having trouble holding on to the ball. I mean... In, at least in my opinion, I thought that Clemson had some weak points that Syracuse could jab into going into this game. Did you did you get a sense for that? That even though they're the reigning champions, there's these you know the the fumble issue, the issue of consistency and pressure on the defensive line. I just felt like these things were were there for the taking for Syracuse, and obviously you know Syracuse capitalized on some weaknesses. I mean, well, Clemson's biggest loss from last year, we all, as we all know, is Deshaun Watson. You know, your quarterback is always a leader of the team, you know, a la Marvin Graves, you know, a la Donnie Mc, uh, McPherson, a la Donovan McNabb for Syracuse, you know, folklore. You know what, when you lose a player like Deshaun Watson who could command it and control that entire offense, of course the fumbles are going to happen. Of course the interceptions and the mistakes are going to happen. You don't have your you know, your senior leader in there as quarterback who can direct and guide and everything. That's the difference between a, 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 a national championship caliber team and a team that's just going to be I mean, a front runner for a long time. A quarterback that can control everything down, even on defense. If you can slow offense down, it helps the guys on defense sometimes too. And smart quarterbacks, intelligent quarterbacks understand that. But when you don't have a... Uh, I won't say he's not highly intelligent, but a quarterback who's not highly seasoned and a veteran in there running doing the same thing, he doesn't get that. He doesn't understand that. When the flow of the game takes a change, you know, a lot of times these guys, young guys panic. A veteran quarterback wouldn't panic. And it's, it's often, often interesting to see quarterbacks control the flow of the game because that's, that's what great quarterbacks do. Not make mistakes and control the game. Right, and, and that, that was how I started mm-hmm. off the scouting report. 
with Syracuse facing off against Clemson. Was well, I said, you know, that guy named Deshaun Watson that was doing all those great things for Clemson in the past and, and doing what he did against Virginia Tech in the ACC championship that I was blessed to see in Orlando at the, at the uh, Camping World Stadium down here, the old Citrus Bowl, he's playing on Sundays. He's helping out the Houston Texans now. So, you know, and one of the guys who I think is an unsung hero and the Giants who have nothing to be happy about at this point in the season, but the Giants aren't utilizing Wayne Gallman. He was, a you know, a power back and a great opportunity giver for Clemson in their backfield in recent history as well, you know, but but they have good receivers, Rob. They have Hunter Renfro, they have Deion Kane, they have some really good guys that have done some amazing things. What I find interesting though is that Clemson this season has relied heavily on their run. They have twenty one rushing touchdowns coming into the game against Syracuse to six passing touchdowns. So they have been a very, very much run happy offense. And to Syracuse's credit yesterday, when you look at what they were able to do against the team, they held them to 113 yards. They did have two touchdowns on the ground. And, you know, Etienne and uh, Feaster both had a touchdown on the ground, and they're the top two leaders for the team. But as much as Clemson had over 100 yards and was able to score on the ground, did, did you not, at least to me, I felt like Syracuse didn't make Clemson look like Clemson despite the fact they got over 100 yards on the ground. Like I said before, when you take the Deshaun Watson out of a picture, a quarterback of that caliber, you're going to see a lot of changes in any offense. I don't care what team it is, you know. You, I mean, you take Tom Brady off of the off of the Patriots, and how are the Patriots? <laughs> They're a mediocre team. A, a, a talented veteran quarterback can make a huge, a huge difference, you know. So that, that that's what I saw yesterday. Clemson, although I thought was the most dominant team in the country until yesterday. You know, it's gonna are gonna have their problems now because they basically they have been exposed for their their quarterback issues. They're they're a ground heavy team. You know, when you're a ground heavy team, that can become a problem unless you're a team right now like in a you know in a Big Ten that likes to just pound it out like that. You're not Clemson's not. They're a finesse team, so it's gonna be interesting to watch in the rest of the year. But I'm not concerned with Clemson. Syracuse is my squad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a wake up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Green's Ale House and Grill, located on 104 West Bridge Street in Oswego, New York, is your home for all the games all the time, Sunday through Saturday, no matter what the sport is. It's also your home of Wingmaster Jabber, who's constantly in the kitchen creating wings that have won awards and you love to eat every single day of the week. At Green's, you'll also find the Wake Up Call with Dan Satora live on location coaches show, exclusively dedicated to the Oswego State Lakers' numerous sports programs. There's only one place to go in Oswego, and that is Green's Ale House and Grill, 104 West Bridge Street in Oswego, New York. We'll see you there. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. 
Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better. Speaking here with Robert Drummond, myself, Dan Satora, in a very special pop-up wake-up call with Dan Satora on the morning after Syracuse takes down reigning national champion Clemson. Uh, Rob, to look at Eric Dungey, we know that we know that he is he is prone to running the ball. Uh, I found it kind of comical that uh, Dino Babers said when he got to Syracuse, we're gonna, you know, we want him to run less. We know he could do it, but we want him to do less with that. And then little by little, that's kind of gone away. I asked Dino a few weeks ago at one of the post-game press conferences. You know, you said that you didn't want Dungey to run, but obviously you've seen his successes. And, and he said, you know, we're going to use his legs. We're going to utilize his talents. I told you in the past that, in my opinion, you can't take the dog out of a dog. If a dog's a dog, that's who he is. If that's what he wants to do, if he wants to run that damn ball down your throat, he's going to do it, and you can't teach him new tricks. What do you think about, you know, Eric Dungey and the fact that, you know, we'll get into that, that one moment in the game that was a little nerve-wracking, but before that, what can you say about Dino wanting to kind of put him more in the pocket and not have him run as much, and then Dino ad-libbing to that and saying, okay, you know what, I got a quarterback that's too damn competitive and too damn amazing on the ground. I got to let him run the ball. I mean, ask any quarterback, athletic quarterback, talented quarterback, mobile quarterback to be a pocket passer changes completely who they are. They tried to do it with Michael Vick. They tried to do it with Donovan McNabb. You know, they tried to do it with Cam Newton. All these, all these you know, attempts 
creating this pocket passing quarterback who's, who's mobile, it, it just doesn't work. As a quarterback, they're already thinking about a million things before the ball snapped. You have to be able to allow them to go, go out there and just feel comfortable and just feel relaxed. If a quarterback drops back and he's getting pressure, you want to stand in their pocket, of course he's thinking about that. I don't want to stand in his pocket. I don't want, as opposed to getting outside you know, and, and making a play with his legs. You can always extend and play and make a play with your legs. Look at Car- Carson Wentz. Can you imagine you know, Peterson telling Wentz to sit here and be a pocket passer? It would completely take away from who he is. The only thing I've always told Eric whenever I talk to Eric is, you know, Eric, be a student of the game. And by that, I mean when you're down the field at points, get down because these defenders are trying to take your head off. They'll tell you. They see a quarterback running. Their intentions are to knock him out of the game because yeah. they don't understand how important that position is. And all I told Eric was be a game manager because great quarterbacks are game managers. Yes, they have the arm strength. Yes, they have the accuracy. Yes, you know, yes, they have the fortitude to understand the plays and manage the game. But, you know, but they're, but they're game managers for the sense that they know what's going on that field every single time. And that's the type of player you have to be. And he did it yesterday. And he did it, did it great. And right before halftime, we saw that that uh, Dungey was trying to get the ball in. They were, I think they were on like the two-yard line. He was trying to just pound it in. He went to rush, got hit as he was going up, then leg bent back as his back bent, and he fell on the ground. He looked like he was wincing. He had some ice on the sidelines. And this was a very scary moment and nerve-wracking moment for Syracuse, but it was right before halftime, which I said, you know, he'll have some time to have the trainers get an extra look at him. He's going to have some time to shake it off, and hopefully he'll be all right. When you see a play like that, do you as a former Syracuse player, and obviously as a Syracuse fan, do you have that moment of, you know, your, your stomach kind of, you know, stomach kind of goes up to your throat, so to speak, because of the fact that Dungy has, you know, he hasn't been available for games like this because of, you know, these running plays where he's gotten hit and he's gotten injured and concussions have happened and his body's gotten banged up. Was that a moment where you kind of held your breath? You know, you can't really, I mean, as a player, really worry about things like that because injuries are a part of the game. But, you know, you, you always wince when you see one of your players getting hurt. But, you know, it, it's like Coach Max always said, one man down, one man up. You know, you got you to gotta play the game and take it as it comes. You sit, and, sit there and start worrying about injuries and things of that nature, they'll happen more because you're thinking about them. You can't think about stuff like that, you know. And, and it's, just, it's just a part of the game. The running game for Syracuse is something that Dino has said he wanted more out of. He wanted the rushing attack to be more effective and to to have these games where, I mean, I, and, and obviously when, when you were playing with Michael Owens, you had a lot of success in the backfield. You did a lot of great things. And your, I believe your average, your career average per carry is still in the top three in Syracuse history. So when you look at the rushing attack for Syracuse, Dino's demanded more and demanded more and demanded more. Yesterday in the biggest game of, of these kids' lives, on this on this roster for Syracuse, be them a, a true freshman or a senior, they had 162 yards on the ground, and the ball was carried 50 times. Syracuse throwing the ball 33 times, running the ball 50 times, dedicating themselves to the run. As a former running back for Syracuse, what can you say about Dino wanting so much out of this backfield, and then it seems like he finally got it at the most opportune time? It's like what I told you before. It's like you can sit here and have a fast offense and a, and a finesse team, you know, and yay, that looks great on paper. But until you sit there and you pound the dog down, pound the ball down team stroke and dominate the line of scrimmage and dominate the linebackers and dominate that front seven, uh, you know, uh, up, up front, you know, that's making a statement. That's where you 
side and because games are won and lost in the trenches. And yesterday, Syracuse proved and made it a point, like you said, to pound the ball them 50 times to win the game in the trenches. It's amazing what happens when you actually do what we did in the past to actually win games. You know, so they just took the heart out of Clemson, just kept pounding at them, pounding at them, pounding. We don't have to beat you throwing down the field. That's finesse football. That'll get us points, but then you turn around and you know then can score right back on us. We want to demoralize you. We will beat you into the ground. We want by the fourth quarter it comes around and you're so exhausted you can't do anything but lean on us. And that's what they did yesterday. It was fun to watch that offensive line go up here, key off, and finally once in a long time have fun. And one of the things was you know uh, Eric Dungey had the most carries on the team. He had 21 as the quarterback of the team, and and obviously the dual threat. He had the second most amount of yardage, but. He had the majority of the carries on those quarterback keepers. That's what I was hearing, you know, this morning when I was having some conversations before I got onto the show, and it was that nobody could stop him. No, you know, if he needed seven yards, he went and got seven yards. If he needed three, he got three. If he needed this, he got that. And there was that one crucial play that he had late in the game where he decided to keep the ball and then got hit, turned his body around, and went backwards and put the ball out in front of him, held on to the ball, didn't fumble the ball, and while he's getting tackled, was able to stretch out for that first down that ended up clinching it for Syracuse and allowing them to run the clock out. How how good of a running back is quarterback Eric Dungey? Uh, it's a very good running back, but you don't want to be a running back as a quarterback. You want to be a quarterback. <laughs> so just call him a quarterback that can run. And if you start calling him, a, calling him a runner as a quarterback, it's kind of a short career. <laughs> like I said, these DBs tee off, and these linebackers, they tee off at, uh, at quarterbacks. So Eric has great escapability. He has the ability to be able to extend plays, and that's fun to watch. Eric's problem is he has to learn, like I said before, when to get down. When enough yards is enough, you know, and you know, and, and and he's learning it. You know, he's in his junior year now, so it took him a little bit, a little bit of time, but he's getting it. It's starting, uh, it's starting to click for him, you know. And this, this is a signature win for him because he basically went out there himself, you know, and took control of the game and was that leader at quarterback that they need. And this can be a big turnaround for Syracuse. I hope. The warrior mentality of him taking that ball though getting hit and stretching his body out to get that first oh, down. Trust me, I know the warrior mentality. <laughs> so when you see when you see him is is Dungey put it this way, you played with you played with a lot of warriors, you played with a team that had a huge heart. Could Dungey have hung with your squad in the 80s? <sighs> uh, I, I I don't know, that's hard to say, you know. I think the kid has heart, he has grit, he has a same temperament we had. But, we but do you, do you see that grinded out mentality with him? Do you do you see do you see him being that guy that's that hard nose that they need? Yes, he's a fighter. You know, you can see he hates to lose. He wants to, you know, he wants to. Every play has to be a winning play. Whereas, like you know, the mentality, every play doesn't have to be a winning play, but he has that mentality. You know, it, it took us. We had, a, like as you said, we had a bunch of warriors, a bunch of fighters that had that mindset that every play is a winning play. But then Coach Mack taught us that every play doesn't have to be a winning play. It just has to be a successful one. Big difference. When successful, when you do seem smart, when, it, when, it's, when you try and get a winning play every time, you make mistakes. You don't make I mean, success is a mistakes, you know. And that's, that's a mentality uh, that, that Dungey has, but he has to learn how. Before in the past, he was always trying to win, and him trying to win on every single play got him concussions. <laughs> now you get downfield. Think about it. Now you get downfield, and it's a successful play. Is you've got 10, 11, 12 yards. You know, slide down, get down, no concussion, successful play. You stay in the game. Next play up. As opposed to you sitting on the sideline and you out for a game and a half, you know? There's a difference between winning and there's a difference between success. Well, you know, I think... And, I, and I, our, our players were successful thinkers back then. These guys are winning thinkers, and that's what's causing the problem. They're trying to turn into successful thinkers now, which is great. 
Right, because I think that one of the big things is, you know, if, if anybody could tell you it's Robert Griffin III, that when you try to jump over someone like a hurdle, when you try to yes. when you try to hurdle a player or you try to lay your body out like Superman, there's a really good chance that you do that once in your life successfully and it's a highlight reel. If you do it three yes. times, somebody's probably knocking you the hell out. Yep, not winning. <laughs> so, but playing mistake-free, you mentioned that. Eric Dungy did not throw an interception in this game, had three passing touchdowns. How clutch was he in this game in getting the ball down the field to the right people and playing mistake-free? They did have a couple fumbles in the game, but he did not throw an interception, which I think went a long way. Like I said, being a game manager, being a game manager, being just going out there and doing doing what it takes to be successful, you know, and not losing the game. All a quarterback has to do is not lose the game, not throw interceptions and not fumble the bar, and the game can be managed and won. Be a game manager. This is a wake-up call, fast break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalwear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop at Honda City. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Speaking here with Rob Drummond, and Rob, before I let you go, Rob Drummond, uh, my co-host for our live pregame shows at Lee's and Staggerwald, and myself, obviously, Dan Tortora. You will find us there Saturday, October 28th in the bi-week blitz because we do every home game, but they're going to be off that week. That doesn't matter. We're going to do a bi-week blitz for you, and then we'll have the home game on November 11th against Wake Forest and the home game on November 25th against Boston College that will end the regular season, and hopefully not the season for Syracuse. A couple more topics I want to get to while Rob is on the line. I told you on the phone two days ago 
right before the game, I said, Rob, they got three wins. They got it. I said, they beat Wake Forest. They beat Boston College on my paper. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a definite. I don't overlook opponents. I'm saying, let's say those are, the, those are the games that I believe this team can win going into the season. That's what I had circled. So that's five wins. I said they had to steal one against Clemson, Louisville, Florida State, or Miami. They just stole the biggest game of their lives. So is this a bowl team, or is this a bowl game team this season? I know they still got to play him. Coach Mack used to always say, one down, one to go. Let's just worry about it on the next opponent. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't predict. If they, if they play like that, like they did last night, yes. If they play like they did against Middle Tennessee State, no. no <laughs> so, I mean, hopefully they're finding their identity now, but we'll, we'll see now. They're going to be on the road, you know. Who they play, Florida State next? Their next game up that they're going to have on their schedule is October 20th. Or, um, it's Miami, and then a break, and then Florida State. Okay, but they have, they have Miami away, and then they have, you know, and then, then a tough, uh, a down Florida State tough team, but it's still a very dangerous Florida State team. So I'll, I'll know more about that after those games. You know, injuries can happen. You know, there's so many things that can happen. That's why you always take a game, one game at a time. I mean, I'm not good at the predicting. I mean, talent-wise, are, are there both teams Syracuse? Yes, after watching them play yesterday. But, but with all the injuries and possibly that could happen, things of that nature, I can possibly predict. So we look at this, and 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 we ask the question. Uh, there, there was a recent decommit, ironically, a running back from, from uh, Syracuse. Syracuse players have, have committed and decommitted. People around the country, their word is not their bond anymore. Uh, I remember Floyd Little said to me, your word is the most valuable thing you own. If you don't live by your word, you're literally, you have nothing. You're worth nothing. So uh, there's been guys that have said, you know, I'm going to go here, and then they end up coming to Syracuse, and vice versa. I'm going to go to Syracuse, they go elsewhere. Syracuse, right before this game, had a decommitment. What what can you say about recruiting from here on out and, and the decommits? If you were Dino Babers and somebody turned around after this game and said, yeah, coach, see, I you know I had made a mistake and, 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 and I, I meant that I was going to commit, but I said I decommitted. If somebody came back with their tail between their legs right now and said, now I want to play for Syracuse, what would you do as Dino Babers? I mean, as a coach, I mean, you, you, you'd accept anybody that wants to be a part of your, your, your program, even if they turned you down before. Here's the thing. you got to remember, these are 17, 18-year-old adolescent kids. I mean, of course, they, man. I, I do the same thing with my, my with my own children. It's like, you know, you have to allow these kids to make you know, make choices you know, in their life. You never back down their choices. A kid could come here and, you know, my, my heart was set on going to Penn State. You know, but, but, but I chose Syracuse. Why is that? I mean, I, I went back and forth for the longest time, mentally and emotionally. But at the end of the day, I knew, I mean, I, I knew being at Syracuse was, you know, was the school for me. And I made, I made the choice. And Coach Mack let me have that choice. I mean, what coach, when a kid says, you know, he's, he's committed to Syracuse. And, like, and, Co- and Coach Mack, Coach, I told him because I committed as a sophomore. But then they told me, it's like, Robert, you know, I, I wanted to go on my recruiting trips. You know, I, I thought that'd be a fun part of my life, something that was different and everything. And then I went, I mean, I went with my mother. I told the coach, SU coaches, it's like, you know, I, I want to take some, I'm not, de- I mean, because decommitting wasn't a big term back then. Yeah. You know, but I was like, you know, but I was like, you know, I know I'm committed here, but I want to take these trips. I mean, I want to enjoy that experience. And Coach Mack was there. He asked me, what's the biggest reason that, I mean, like that you, uh, that you chose Syracuse so early in the first place? And I, and I had thought about it. And I was like, honestly, I thought it'd be so cool to graduate from, from, a, from Syracuse with a degree just like my mom. Because my mom graduated from Syracuse. And he was like, go take all your trips, young man. Because he, and what he told me years later was, he's like, no, Robert, it, 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 
wasn't. He said it wasn't about the you know the stature of a of a Penn State or the stature of a West Virginia or the stature of a Virginia Tech or school of that nature. It's like you know what? Yes, you like those schools, but it's like you chose us that early for the loving you have you have inside you because of your mother. Nothing's gonna break that. So he knew already I was gonna choose Syracuse. Although I went on my recruiting trip to Rutgers, Penn State, all these other schools, he knew it was where my heart was at already. I had to go and experience it. Experience, you know, that thrill of doing, of being recruited as a 17-year-old, as an 18-year-old. It's like, wow, this is cool. The memories, the story. But he knew in my heart where I wanted to be, and I wanted to be a Syracuse. You know, that's see, that's a different. People don't understand that the emotions of these why these kids do some things when they do sometimes. They do these things because it's their heart tells them to do it. If a, if, if a kid's heart tells him to decommit from Syracuse, he will. If his heart tells him not to, he'll, he'll, he'll fight with that. No, no. Wonder if he made the right choice. How many 17, 18 year olds you know make the right choice all the time? <laughs> they right. don't. These are kids. Right. <laughs> so as adults, what we basically have to do is just sit back, you know, let them make their choices, you know, and be there to pick up the pieces and try and help them as much as we can. As much as we can. That's what creates a successful society and a successful environment. Always ask the kid. Why, I mean, even if even if Babers asked the kid, right? Why did you? I mean, why did you decommit? Is there, is there something we could have done? Listen to what he says. If he talks about a different program, it's okay. You want to play from a program you love more. But if he talks about, you know, I just didn't feel it inside of me, let him go. Eventually, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's just like love. You know, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. You can't force somebody to love you. Football's the same way. You can't force a kid to love a school. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you look at, but you look at from here on out, recruiting-wise, Dino Babers can say, okay, we're going to go fast, and offensive players like that. Now Dino Babers can say, we defeated a top 25 team in both of my first two seasons. Look at what the Loud House did. Look at what, you know, look at what we did against Virginia Tech, a top 25 team. Look at what we did against the reigning national champion that had over 30 wins to a mere two losses since 2015. Look, we are, we are one of three teams that defeated Clemson in the last three years who just won a national championship. So this obviously is going to help on the recruiting trail. What can you say recruiting-wise with a team like Syracuse that was trying to say, listen, we have Dino Babers, look at his energy. He's about family, he's about Ohana, he's got a strong personality, he's got a positive personality. People have seen him on on the videos in the locker room and, and love that, you know, you kind of feed off of that energy and feed off of that environment. Then he got the win over Virginia, Virginia Tech, then he got the win over Clemson. So how dangerous is Syracuse recruiting-wise right now? I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I wouldn't say dangerous. Cause that's, you know, that's that's an that's an intriguing word. I mean, what, what I'd say right now, right now, is you know, grab the coals while you know, while, you know, while the poker's hot or whatever the saying is, you know. But honestly, they 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 got the nation, you know, in their ear right now. They got the nation in their eye right now. Now it's time right now uh, to, to go out there and start recruiting and start explaining the kids. Do, do you want to be a part of something turning around and changing? Because anybody last night who understands how we did it in the past understands that this program's changing. That was a huge win. And it wasn't just because the players went out there and dominated, because you could feel the atmosphere. You could see the people in the dome. You could see a nation of people. I'm down here in Boston, of people that were cheering, even Syracuse on. David beat Goliath last night, and now people are taking people are taking more pay more attention to David because everyone roots for the underdog. Syracuse was the underdog last night and had been for years. But right now it's time for the underdog to rise up and prove that they're not the underdog anymore. And in rising up and proving that they're not the underdog anymore, you said that this is this is a this is a statement win which I agree with. You said that this is a sign of the change. What do you see in in this team? I mean, yeah, they beat the reigning national champion. They beat a team that was undefeated at this point, a team that many people expected was going back to the college football playoff to go face Alabama once again. 
But here we are, and Clemson lost, and Syracuse won, and, and, and Syracuse obviously has a signature win this season. What makes you believe that this could be a turning point for the team <clears throat> and that it's not just a fluke, it's not just that they won this game, but it's not going to change? What do you see in the dynamic of this team that makes you believe that this is going to be one of the points that you and I will look at two, three years from now and say, hey, Dan, look at everything that happened. Hey, Rob, look at where they went from here. Um, just the body language of the players. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. I remember, I spent 15 years as a pro doing this, four years in college doing it myself on a high level. And just the body language of, of the players when they walk into the field, they're flying around. They're not doubting themselves. They're not a step behind because they understand what's going on. And they're, and they're, and they're beating they're beating the – in boxing, they'd be beating, beating the boxer to the punch. They're always, Syracuse is one step ahead right yesterday. That's one thing I noticed. That, you know, the DBs were flying up. The linebackers were flying around. The defensive line was getting after it. You know, you hadn't seen that before. Not as a collective group. You see one individual going out there and playing great. But you saw a collective group of young athletes out there just playing on heart, playing on emotion, playing and believing in one another that they belong here. And now you have that attitude in your head that you belong. You, when, you, when you get to the top, you like being there. That's the one thing we did. The, the years we went, the year 87 we went undefeated. The next year we went 10-2. We knew we belonged there, so every time we stepped into the field, we had that swag, we had that attitude, and that's what I saw yesterday. Syracuse found their swag and they found their attitude, and that's going to be very interesting to watch them the rest of the year, especially that defense. Holy smokes! Do you rank Syracuse as number twenty-five of the top twenty-five after this? No. You see, you still got to you still got to prove yourself. One game does not make a champion. Do this consistently, even if you lose. Yes. Limit the mistakes. Yes, but you know you got to do it on a consistent basis. I can't, I can't base any, any one thing off one. I mean, it could be a complete fluke. I don't think it is. I know it's not, but it could be. But you know what? I have to, I have to reserve my comment on that. This is a wake-up call, fast break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands with fan hands. The ultimate sports fan accessory. Find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on fanhands.com where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear fan hands. 
The Pen and Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pen and Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The name Leeson Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Minutes from the Carrier Dome in your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre-game inside their walls. Lee's and Staggerwald downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Now, really quick here, Rob, before I let you go, uh, Syracuse, you brought up the defense. There was four different sacks from Syracuse down there, or four different players, I should say, that sacked the quarterback. Two of them linebackers, two of them defensive linemen. Paris Bennett, who I thought had the game of his life with open field tackles in this game. Uh, Nine total tackles led the team. Six solo led the team. He had a sack. And then Elton Robinson, who was committed verbally to Texas A&M, signed with Texas A&M, had some off-the-field issues, had to play JUCO, and then came to Syracuse in the 11th hour in August, right before the season started. He had a sack in this game. Zaire Franklin, who you and I both know is a dog uh, of all dogs, he is like the junkyard dog there every day in the locker room, in the gym, in the workout room, in the lab doing what he needs to do in the film room. Zaire Franklin had a sack in this game, and Chris Slayton had a monstrous sack in this game that ended up knocking out Kelly Bryant from the game, and, and obviously, you know, our best to to uh, their quarterback at Clemson, Bryant, on, on a very hard hit from Chris Slayton that, that I know he didn't mean to obviously take him out of the game. But four big-time plays, and a lot of big-time plays all the way throughout. When I mentioned Paris Bennett, and Zaire Franklin, who have played together from day zero, and then Chris Slayton and Elton Robinson. Chris Slayton, who is the biggest vet on the defensive line for Syracuse, and Elton Robinson, who had five seconds to get ready for the season. Just what it says to you about the pressure of this defense and and just how, you know, there's guys that are coming from different situations and different peaks and valleys and alleyways and whatnot, but they found a way to get it done yesterday. They believe in one another, and, and, and they're playing like it. You know, that, that, they're the heart and soul of what makes Syracuse. You hear so much about the offense, but like I said before, it's defense that wins championships. And they got the the guys, the players, and the group around them. It's a great group that I think it can carry them not just into the rest of the season, but into the future as well. Dino Babers could be, after this season, 
asking for a pay raise, and rightly so. What can you say about that effect? I mean, Syracuse has been known to hold on to a coach that isn't winning for too long, and they have been known to let a coach go who wants a little more money and a, and a little more of that respect for what they've done. What can you say? What can you say about you know this situation? We don't know what's happening right in the backgrounds, but I would think that they need to pay this man if this man asks for some money. You know, I, I, that, that's that, that's not my situation. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about money talking things of that nature. But paying more money, but my thing would be like paying more money for what? What has he done? One win? Like I said before, one win does not make you a champion. <laughs> you know. You, but you if he was time, to leave but, right now, but, if but, he was uh, to leave right now, how dangerous would that be if he uh, left after this year? Well, as I said before, I mean, I don't deal with money. You've got you know, me, and I have, I have respect for any coach or any. Professional player, anyone who thinks that, they, that they're worth more than what they're being paid, I have no problem with that. You know, if you've proven your worth, you definitely should get it. You know, but if another team, another school wants to come and get them and outbid Syracuse, that's the way the industry works. Until they change that, it's always going to work like that. Would I test Syracuse to pay him? Of course, I think he has. I mean, I, I think he has something great going right now. But that's you know, I, I don't make the money that Syracuse earns to pay their their, their their employees, so I can't decide whether they should pay him or not pay him. You know, that's their choice. That's the business side of it. I don't get into that. <laughs> the better question is, how vital is, now that Dino is helping this team push to turn the corner, and what we think is turning the corner, how vital is he and his staff in remaining at Syracuse and not having changeovers is, is, I mean, is maybe a better way to ask yeah, it. But what does is, what is vital mean? Doug Marone with the two bowls. You know, and they still managed to let him, let him walk. So it's, it's, I think Dino Babers is very important, but you've got to start – getting to the point of like not just winning well every you, you beat a, a Clemson team that's all well and good but the objective of the football season at the start is a, a probably win the national championship but then after that get to a bowl game right. get to a bowl game sir if you get to a bowl game this year give that man what he wants with the schedule they had uh, the, the road schedule and if you get to a bowl game this year yes he deserves he deserves that raise but if they raise but if they don't it's like okay it's like we've been the status quo for how many years now <laughs> yeah yeah, you know, build on it. That's why I said you got to build on this. You can't just, you know, one win does not make a champion. Well put from Rob Drummond, but the bowl game very, very, very important. As always, Rob, I appreciate your time. I know you got family going on, so go go do what you got to do. But I appreciate you coming on this morning, and obviously, you and I will greet the fans on Saturday, October twenty eighth. All right, Dan. Talk to you later. All right, take care. Bye. That coming from Rob Drummond once again. Here live on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, my co-host of our live pregame shows. The next one will be happening in the bye week blitz. We're going to be keeping fans in it, excited, ready, and vivacious is the word I'm going to use. We're going to keep you all in it, even in the bye week. So we do the home games. We're going to be doing a bye week blitz because Syracuse is on the road on my birthday, Saturday, October 21st. They are at Miami then they will be off for a week. During that week of October 28th, you will come to the bye week blitz Saturday, October 28th in Syracuse at Lees and Staggerwald on 117 East Fayette Street in downtown Syracuse. We're going to be doing a nice thing for the fans there, giving you a show in that bye week so that you have something to look forward to because in the bye week, Syracuse fans are always saying, well, what do I do? I can't watch the game on TV if they're on the road. I can't go to the Dome if they're home, so what am I supposed to do? Well, we have the show for you Saturday, October 28th, to give the fans what they want, and that's Syracuse every single week. You're going to get that Saturday, October 28th, 
Atlee's and Staggerwall downtown. Stay close to WakeUpCallDT.com, Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, and Twitter at CallDT to find out the time of that show. And, of course, we'll be doing a live show to preview Wake Forest Syracuse on November 11th, and we'll be previewing Syracuse-Boston College on November 25th. Those will both also be at Lee's and Staggerwald, five minutes from the Carrier Dome. So make sure that you are there for that. But we will see you October 28th. I want to thank Rob Drummond, who was in that 1987 undefeated team. And in back-to-back years, the team had 21 wins, two losses, one tie. Defeated SEC teams, went for two instead of tying at the end of a game to win. Did the unimaginable and the unthinkable back in the late 80s, and that came off of Syracuse defeating the number one ranked team in the country at the Carrier Dome, Nebraska, in 1984. So, if parallels are parallels, Syracuse in 2017 defeats the reigning champion and number two team in the country, Clemson, at the Dome. So two to three years from now, could we expect a season where Syracuse shocks the world? Well, they're doing a good job of shocking the world right now, and I think that's very fair to say. I want to go to one of the comments that we just got here. Beating Miami next week would be huge, and that is a, that is a huge agreement. I want to thank uh, Bubba for sending that one over. If Syracuse was able to get a road win over Miami, then all of a sudden you go into your bye week 5-3, and three, and you have to win one of your last four games of the season with Wake Forest at home and Boston College at home still on the schedule and a beat-up and banged-up Florida State as well as Louisville on the road. So, you know, right now, Syracuse, it all looks good, but this team has to stay focused. They have to get after it. They do not have a bowl game yet. They have plenty of more games to play. They have five more games to play. And like Dino said, when they asked him, how big was this win? How important was this win? He said this team should be 7-0. and This team, oh, I'm sorry, Dungy said that. I apologize. Dungy said that at the end of the game. Eric Dungy, the quarterback of the team, said, it's great to have this win, but we should be 7-0. and We should strive for 7-0. and That's what we should expect out of ourselves. That's what we should be right now. This is where we need to be. It's great to get this win, but we are 4-3. and three. We're not 7-0. and We should have been 7-0. and And that's the mentality you have to have. Let the fans celebrate. Let the fans have a great time. Let the fans go crazy. You men, women, and children go nuts. And then this team goes back to the lab and gets back to work. It's great to have one hit, one hit song, but unless that album is fire, maybe you're not making another album. You, you don't want to just have one good song that goes platinum. You want your album to go platinum. Then you want it to go double platinum and triple platinum. Then you want your sophomore album to go platinum. Then you want your junior album to go platinum. That's how you do this. So that's how you have to do what you're doing right now. Any good artist knows that you are not done with the canvas until you are done with the canvas. Any good artist knows that once you go platinum, you better damn well go double platinum. And that's what Syracuse has to focus on. This win is great, and it's a great way to send off this senior class, but it's only seven games in, and they're not looking to leave yet. They got five games to go, and I'll tell you this. Zaire Franklin, he's hungry to go to a bowl game. Dungy wants a bowl game. Strickland wants a bowl game. All of these guys, Sterling Hoffrichter, bowl game. They do not want to rest on the fact that they defeated the reigning champion. It's a beautiful thing to build on, and it's a hell of a thing to give you momentum. But focus 
is key. Consistency is key. You don't want to be the team that doesn't make a bowl game but beat Clemson. You don't want to be the team that beats Clemson but lost to Middle Tennessee State, and that's who you're going to be every year. You're going to lose to a team you're supposed to beat, and you're going to beat a team that you're not supposed to beat. That can't be Syracuse. Syracuse has to take down the teams they're supposed to defeat, and they have to smack the teams that they're not supposed to defeat. And if they're not going to take down Florida State or not going to take down Miami or not going to take down Louisville, they better damn well play that game into the fourth quarter, lose by two, lose by one, if they're not going to win the game. But this is not a team that thinks that they can't win. And when you defeat the national champion, when you defeat Dabo Sweeney, who doesn't know what what losses taste like in recent history, He knows what they taste like, and he's known what they are as he's tried to build this program. But this team has not lost many games in recent history. So when you win a game like this, you build off of a game like this. You take this thing with you. You hug it. You hold on to it. You kiss it a million times. And then you go back to the lab, and you go back to work. Because this team, this Syracuse team, has not reaped the benefits of what this feels like in a very long time. And so now focus is key. I want to get to some of your comments that you guys left for me on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, John, you said that, that I said fill in the blank. This Syracuse win over Clemson is blank. John said epic. Justin said the biggest football win of my life. Another Justin simply put, wow. Uh, Cam sent to me and said a program changer. Dino can now say to recruits, look what we can do. Those are some of your comments. I want to go to... Some other comments I got. Somebody put unblanking believable. Yes, that was a swear word. Uh, that was from Frank. Teresa put orange tastic. Eva put sweet. Dan put fantastic. Might put Syracuse in a bowl position? Question mark. Dave put huge. And uh, and so that's what we've gotten from some of you out here. I want to thank everybody that's commented on this win for Syracuse. I asked you to fill in the blank, and you did so very very well. So for those of you listening on the line, I want to let you know a couple things. First off, uh, the show's been on vacation because I've been on vacation because I never take a vacation. So I got to spend some time with the wife. I am back at it at normal time. Uh, The show airs every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We'll be back to the normal schedule Monday, October 16th, this coming Monday. We will be wall-to-wall Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. If you haven't become a member and you're listening right now, become a member on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is free. It is easy. It takes a couple seconds. Only members can chat in the live chat room, and every member will be sent an email as soon as I hit live every morning or anytime we're doing an impromptu show like a pop-up show like this. So you are the first ones to know when the show is being broadcast because an email will be sent to all of your devices and it'll say Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is live in your email. All you have to do is click listen and it streamlines you straight to the station which is right here for you. So a big shout out to all my supporters. You are the best in the world and beyond. And I mean that with every fiber of my being because when I tell you we're doing an impromptu show, you get up in the morning and show up for it. And I appreciate that very, very much so. And you guys have been listening for so long and and doing so many great things. So thank you for that. Uh, Some notes I want to get about Syracuse that I didn't 
get to with Rob or maybe to, to expound on a little bit more. Eric Dungy is somebody who I have said should be considered in the Heisman. I believe I said to you recently, if he was on a team that, that the world considered better, a ranked team, a high-ranked team, if he was on a Clemson, he for sure would be in the running for the Heisman. I think I don't think, and I did say this to you recently, I do not think there has been a Syracuse player that has been more valuable to the team as an individual that has a huge effect on the team, whether he's on the field or not, football-wise. I don't think there's been somebody that's meant more to Syracuse in the last decade than Eric Dungy. I think you look at Marvin Graves, you look at Donovan McNabb, you look at Don McPherson, you know, you look at guys like Art Monk and Floyd Little and Jim Brown and Ernie Davis. Eric Dungy has got to be in the conversation of one of the biggest catalysts in Syracuse football history. When it comes to take him out of a game, what do they do? Take Eric Dungy out of the last three years. Does the team win more than two games a year? That's what I'm trying to say to you. I'm not trying to say he's better than Jim Brown or better than Donovan McNabb. I'm trying to say to you, is there anybody on Syracuse in the last decade that has meant more to the Syracuse team than this guy? Is there anybody on the squad in the last three years that has been more of a catalyst of success for this team than Eric Dungy? And that answer is hella no. That's a giant no. That's an N with a big old O with a bunch of O's around it. Maybe you make that O three-dimensional because it's that crucial to have Eric Dungy on the field. Three touchdowns, no picks in this game. Ran the ball, like I said, 21 times. Dante Strickland over four yards a carry, 19 carries, 78 yards. Big game for him. Mo Neal, three carries for 23 yards. Even though it was only three, he averaged about eight yards a carry. That was huge. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Hi, this is Sal Lamedico, owner and operator of Sal's Pizza and Restaurant, 41 East Genesee Street in the village of Baldwinsville. 
We're family owned and operated since 2002. We take pride in customer service and quality of food where it's paramount we don't choose between both. We offer carry out, delivery, and catering. Or you can bring your family and friends in and enjoy friendly staff and comfortable atmosphere. Trivia is offered once a week, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Call us at 315-638-8505 or visit us online at salspizzabville.com. We're here at Sal's Pizza Restaurant. We're more than pizza. Irv Phillips, Steve Ishmael doing what ballers do. Have there been, and I know that there's been drop balls on this team. I know there's been drop balls and mistakes by both of these guys. But has somebody been better? Has somebody been better than Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael receiving-wise for Syracuse in the last decade? You say Alec Lemon, okay. But besides that, sure hands for the most part. Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael, the, the balls that they caught in this game at the times that they caught them and what they did after the catch – Massive, massive games for these two gentlemen. Steve Ishmael, somebody who told me before he came to Syracuse, you are part of my family. Dan, he said, I want to let you know, you are family. You are a brother to me. I remember pulling out of my driveway, and it was snowing outside, and I was with my wife, and it was cold, and I got in the car, and he sent me a text message and said, I consider you part of my family. You're a brother to me. Steve Ishmael, best receiver in the country, and I told you five years ago to watch out for this man. I told you when he was in high school in Miami that this man got spurned by Florida. But watch out for this man. And look at what he has done. Look at what he has brought to Syracuse. And it's not just because Ahmed Atawa was gone. It's because Steve Ishmael commanded more out of himself. He told me I should have done more to help the team last year. I should have done more to help Amba. I could have been better. Now look at Steve. And if Steve had not dropped a couple of those balls and done a few things differently this year on some of those plays, like the one last night where he had the offensive pass interference, he would have had another touchdown. He would have had another score. So I know Steve is always pushing to get better. But what I respect about Steve Ishmael more than anything in the world when it comes to Steve is his belief in God, his faith in God. He doesn't just wear one cross. He wears two crosses around his neck. He is all about God. He's thanked Jesus from day zero, day negative one. And I respect his work ethic. I respect what he's about. I respect how he plays the game and how he approaches the game. He approaches the game with faith and determination. It was no fluke that Syracuse did this. And I thought it was really funny. A Clemson fan during the game sent me a message. And I'm impartial. I covered Syracuse forever, but I'm impartial. I have to be impartial. So I'm watching the game, and Syracuse's defense holds up, and Clemson's kicker misses the field goal, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And I said, wow, Syracuse's defense had a big stop, and he wrote back to me, no, it was just a misfire by, by Clemson's offense. It was just a miscue. And then Syracuse had that Irv Phillips wide-open touchdown. I said, is that a miscue too? Was that a misfire? When are you going to give Syracuse credit? And maybe that fan at 27-24 can give Syracuse credit. But maybe he still says it's a fluke. And that's okay. Because Syracuse in this game did not win on a fluke. Did not win because of some crazy random thing that happened. They didn't win because it was called a touchdown was called back and time ran off the clock and this, that, and the other. They won this game 
because they fought every single moment of the game. And I've told you all year long that Syracuse's biggest problem was not playing 60 minutes fully to their entirety before the damn clock hit zero. And they did that in this game. They battled through this entire game. Clemson pushed them. They pushed back. Clemson tied them. They came back. Clemson took, wanted to take the lead. They took the lead. Clemson wanted to get the ball back. They took the ball away from them. They put Clemson in the place that they wanted them to be. They dictated the game. Syracuse did not play on the defensive. They played on the offensive. They attacked. They approached. They went after. They bit. They struck. They fired first. And they won this game. This is how you win games in Syracuse. This is how David beats Goliath. Because you look at Goliath, and so what is it about Goliath? Everybody's telling you to be afraid of Goliath on the outside. It matters what's in your heart. And I tell you all the time that this game is a mental game. Life is mental. How many people in your life go to Disney World, right? And then they complain, oh man, it's too hot here. There's The food's too expensive. I didn't want to wait in line for an hour for this ride. And you know what I say to those people? You're in Disney World. Your biggest problem is you're waiting in line. Your biggest problem is that that sandwich costs $7 and not $3. There's people in Africa dying of malaria. There's people in Puerto Rico without power. So if you're standing at Disney getting a tan and doing whatever the hell you want, and you obviously had the money to get there, shut the hell up and enjoy the ride. Mental game. Mental game. Life is mental. If Syracuse looked at Clemson and said, holy crap, this is Clemson. How the hell are we going to beat them? We're little old Syracuse. They would have gotten banged out of this game. 54-0 to last season. They would have literally gotten ejected out of this game quicker than you could put your butt in the seat. You would have been thrown out. Gone. Done. But Syracuse didn't believe the hype. Syracuse didn't believe college football playoff. Syracuse didn't even want to be play a spoiler to Clemson. It's not about Clemson. It was about Syracuse. That's how Syracuse won this game. They made it about them. They didn't make it about anybody else. Because the thing is, Dino Babers, I'm, he watches film. I don't ask questions like, oh, it is about... Dino can't do anything about what Clemson does. Except for focus on Syracuse and say, we need to stop this. We need to go here. We need to do this. At the end of the day, you can only control what you have. What you are. That's it. Dino can spread a message. The team's got to pick up that message. When the team gets down, Dungy's got to spark them. Zaire Franklin's got to spark them. Scoop Bradshaw's got to spark them. Sterling Hoffrichter, Dante Strickland, Mo Neal, Steve Ishmael, Irv Phillips, they, Rodney Williams, Elton Robinson. They all have to be a spark for each other. They didn't give up. They didn't back down. And they won this game. They won it. It wasn't Clemson had a bad day, Clemson farted the wrong way, Clemson burped and this happened. Syracuse beat Clemson. They defeated Clemson. Get to know it. You're going to hear Cinderella's story. You're going to hear this is a fluke. You're going to hear Syracuse hit him on a bad day. You're going to say that the, the people are going to say, well, the quarterback only played one half. Yada, 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 yada. How about this? Syracuse had to play Clemson without Eric Dungy in the past, did they not? Syracuse had to play LSU with that without Eric Dungy, did they not? Syracuse had to finish a game when they were going up against Louisville without Eric Dungy. 
Syracuse lost Terrell Hunt multiple times while he was quarterback before Eric Dungy. Syracuse lost Terrell Hunt when Terrell Hunt came back, was granted another year, and got injured. So, excuses are excuses are excuses. At the end of the day, Clemson's third best string of players are supposed to be better than everybody else. Clemson's practice squad, Clemson's scout team, is supposed to be better than 75% of the country, 80% of the country. So whoever's playing quarterback, whoever's playing running back, whoever's playing receiver, DB, linebacker, D-line, O-line, kicker, punter, is supposed to be good. Syracuse defeated the players that were on the field. Bubba said, how long has Babers has been at Syracuse for, this is his second year, Bubba. So he is, he's been here for, this is his second season. Now what I find funny is Dino said, the fourth game of the second season, you're going to see my team. And what you're, you're going to see the defense catch up with the offense, and you're going to see what they can do. Fourth game of the second season at LSU, Syracuse almost pulls off the upset. They expose a ton of things about LSU. Troy goes and spanks them. Boston College exposes Clemson 7-7 going into the fourth quarter. Syracuse watches the film, gets in the lab, and beats up on Clemson. Syracuse grinds it out against Pittsburgh. Look at the games that Syracuse is winning. Look at what they are doing. Don't even, don't overlook the Pittsburgh game. Don't overlook the Pittsburgh game. Because Syracuse and Pittsburgh, they play dogfights all the time. And 71 to 60, What I mean, that's not what Syracuse wanted to do this year. And they didn't do it, and they won the game. Look at what Syracuse has done recently. 27-24 over Pitt. 27-24 over Clemson. They are holding teams down. Pittsburgh is score, 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 score. Maybe play defense, but probably not. Clemson is give us 50, give us 40, give us 30. Syracuse took advantage. They condensed. They silenced when they needed to silence. They did what they needed to do. They halted the run. They ran the damn ball down your throat. Dungy went to work. The defense sacked the quarterback. They pressured who they needed to pressure. They attacked when they needed to attack, which was all 60 minutes. Not 20, not 37, not 40. They did it when they needed to do it, and they won the damn game. Congratulations to Syracuse on a phenomenal victory, and congratulations to them on having four wins this season so far. They've equaled what Dino Babers did in his first year with five games to go. Dino does not want to go 4-8 and eight again. Nobody on this team wants to go 4-8. and eight. If they make a bowl game, then that is this is a big, 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 big place for Syracuse. But they have to make this bowl game. They have to move forward, and they have to get this done. So I am looking forward to it. I am more than appreciative to cover this team, and I can proudly say that these guys have been guys that I have seen their capability and believed in their ability for a long time through this. I've seen a lot of success in what they were able to do, and it is no shock to me that this team finds ways to win. So with that being said, I do want to thank everybody that has been on the show really quickly in the two deep. I want to thank Eric Dungy and Zach Mahoney, quarterbacks, running backs, Dante Strickland, Ammonio, wide receiver, Steve Ishmael, Irv Phillips, Sean Avant, Sean Riley, Nikeem Johnson, Devin C. Butler, Jamal Custis, tight end Ravian Pierce, Chris Elmore, left tackle Cody Conway and Liam O'Sullivan. 
Left guard, Sam Heckel. Center, Aaron Service. Right guard, Evan Adams and Colin Byrne. Right tackle, Mike Clark, for being a part of the show. I want to thank kicker, Cole Murphy. Punter, Sterling Hoffrichter. Long snapper, Matt Keller. I want to thank kick returner, Sean Riley, for being a part of the show, if I haven't mentioned him already. Defensive ends, Kingsley Jonathan and Elton Robinson. Nose tackles, Kate Samuels and McKinley, McKinley Williams. Defensive tackle, Chris Slayton, Josh Black. Defensive end, Kendall Coleman and Brandon Barry. I want to thank weak side linebacker Paris Bennett for being on the show. Middle linebacker, Zaire Franklin. Uh, weak side linebacker, Andrew Armstrong, I believe, was on the show as well. Strong side linebacker, Jonathan Thomas and Kylan Whitner. Cornerbacks, Scoop Bradshaw, Juwan Dallas, Christopher Frederick, and Devin M. Butler. Strong safeties, Evan Foster, Rodney Williams. Free safety, Jordan Martin. That is, that is Syracuse's one and two deep. Almost every single one of those players in the one and two deep has graced the stage of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, and I appreciate the heck out of it, as well as every player that I've had the pleasure of interviewing connected to Syracuse football. This has been a long time coming, but consistency is key. Doing this day in and day out, week in and week out is key. I cannot wait to see what Syracuse will do for here. Saturday, October 28th, I'll see you for the bi-week blitz downtown at Lees and Staggerwald, where we will talk Syracuse football, Rob Drummond and myself over some bomb nachos, the wake-up call pub nachos. Go to Lee's and Stagerwall, get them any day of the week. God bless you. Have a great day. This has been a wake-up call special with Rob Drummond on the morning after Syracuse defeated the Big Bad Wolf. A lot of great things to build on, but again, this is one game. Syracuse from here on out needs to show this fight. If they show this against Miami, they could beat anybody. If they show what they showed last night, Against Florida State, Miami, Louisville, all that. They could beat anybody. Wake Forest, Boston College, they could beat anybody. I want to go to a bowl game in December or January. So I'm going to sit here and see what this team is made of. And I appreciate you listening in, hearing my analysis, and being a part of Wake Up Call for the last 14 years. Dance a tour show slash Wake Up Call. Thank you so much. God bless. Like the page on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT. Follow me on Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at DanTortora Media, WakeUpCallDT.com, and be back with me Monday morning, October 16th on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. God bless you. Have a great day to Orange Nation. You done did it, so peel back that orange and enjoy the sweetness. God bless you, and take care. And thank you to Dabo Sweeney for going into that locker room, shaking the hands of the players, and Dino Babers, and giving respect where respect is due. Dabo Sweeney, your team lost the game, but you are a stand-up man. You are a hell of a coach, and that level of respect is where I want to end this show because, damn it, you cannot overlook that. Going and shaking a hand, the hand of the team that just defeated you takes a big person, and Dabo, God, God bless you for the person that you are and the parents that raised you. I'll talk with you all soon.